2: Let's get to Nancy Tengler, our guest for the half hour. Nancy is the CEO and CIO at Laffer Tengler Investments. She joins from Lake Tahoe, California. Maybe you'll get some snow here over the holiday weekend. We'll have to wait and see about that, Nancy. Thanks for being with us. I'm curious to whether you think that we've seen the high in yield terms for the foreseeable future. We're starting to drift lower right across the curve as the Fed begins to to moderate, uh, or at least suggest that it's going to moderate the pace of interest rate increases.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Doug. Um, I, You know, we, we did see the yield curve uh, steepen fr- on an inversion basis uh, this last week, pretty materially. So the two-year went up and the 10-year went down, or the two-year stayed fairly constant and the 10-year went down, the yield... And And I think that is is telling us that that you know the bond market has been ahead of the Fed the whole time. Uh, and so you know that they be, began tightening and raising uh, yields before the Fed actually even lifted the Fed funds rate. And now we're seeing it on the other on the way down. So I think you know the 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 soft dovish rhetoric we started to hear before the last meeting, and then we've continued to hear from a number of the Fed uh, governors is important, and the market has been paying attention, as has the stock market.
3: So, Nancy, I mean, this is it. Okay, you're looking in the bond market. You, of course, uh, you know, at some stages, it, it, even now, it looks like it's a, it's a buying opportunity in various parts of the curve, especially if you're after income as well. Now, if you're after income, though, do you also, of course, look in the um, equity market? I know, the, I know that you have been looking for some of these uh, growth uh, versus value plays, some of the more value plays here as well. Give us your take.
0: OK, great question, Rashad. So in August of 2020, when the 10-year yield hit 50 basis points, we moved our clients out of uh, bonds and put them in in commodities. We have a dynamic inflation strategy. We moved some of them into that. And then also convertible securities. Uh, about three or four months ago, we were back in buying uh, and building short-duration ladders um, of corporates, treasuries, and munis for clients. Uh, we also run dividend growth strategies which we do, uh, have done since the mid 1980s and so we we have been able to generate really strong dividend growth it's usually around 9 to 10% um but but this year trailing one year it's up, we're up about 20% in in dividend growth due to a number of the companies paying special dividends and so this is a great way to get paid um, while you wait for stocks to return to uh, bull market status, and also as a hedge against inflation. So names that we like uh, right now, it's a, its really a theme. Uh, old economy companies that are embracing uh, digitization and then the, the suppliers of the technology that supports digitization. Almost every name I have for you today, it pays a dividend except for one.
3: Let's uh, get your take, Nancy on what your five stocks that you need to own in a slowing growth environment and of course if we don't get a majorly slowing uh, environment does this all change
0: uh well it might modify a little bit Shot. Um, yeah, so we, our theme is um, investing in old economy companies that are embracing digitization. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the companies that are supplying the technology. So the three old economy companies are Goldman Sachs. Uh, it's a company that's paying you a 2.6% yield. They've grown at 25% a year for, over the last five years, trading at 1.2 times book, which is well below where JP Morgan is trading. And they've reorganized, created a division called Platform Services consolidating fintech across all their business lines. Um, We we think this company, you're going to be pretty happy you owned uh, two to three years from now, uh, regardless of of economic slowdown or growth. Uh, And then Honeywell is kind of a, a hybrid. It's a beneficiary of digitization, but also considers itself an industrial technology company because they provide a lot of digital solutions. They just beat, beat and raised uh, in this last uh, earnings call. Uh, they have free cash flow of six billion a year, a two percent yield uh, and nine hundred million dollars on the balance sheet. They are um, planning to do acquisitions in 2023, which goes to our Goldman Sachs story. And then the, the final one is Public Storage, which has a 2% 2.7% yield, just paid a $13 special dividend. So they, the annualized dividend growth is 21.5%. And they have been able to uh, keep clients for a lot longer and open up uh, the, more than 50% of new clients don't ever talk to a human being. They sign up. They pay and they access their storage locker without or, or storage unit without ever speaking to anyone. Two suppliers are pa- Palo Alto Networks, where cloud meets cyber. Mm-hmm. The company just beat, beat and raised, and they are increasing uh, the stickiness of their clients with w- greater than one million dollar deals up sixty five percent. And then you know the old tried and true Microsoft that is trading at a reasonable multiple and is still growing cloud despite despite the naysayers, is still growing at about 32% annually. So I'm so. going to throw
2: you another tech story here. I don't know if you saw the Deere and Company earnings today, but much better than expected. The uh, EPS uh, adjusted at 7.44. The street was looking for uh, $7.09. Very interesting that Deere is forecasting record profit for next year. And the other thing that Deere said today, which I thought was very interesting, that the U.S. in terms of corn and soybean production could be fully autonomous by 2030. How do you play that?
0: Yeah, so you're making my point, Doug. I think, you know, the people that say the tech trade and automation and AI is over, um we all better hope not because we have a labor force participation problem that doesn't look like it's going to improve anytime soon. So I think, you know, as an employer myself, we try to find uh, solutions uh, that 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 can automate or digitize uh, many aspects of our business, and that's really what they they are doing. Um, the, what you heard from the farmers is that they're having a hard time firing, uh, good hiring, sorry, good help, and so the the automation on many of these machines is really going to help productivity. And I think that's really what you want to be looking for as we move into this next phase of this secular narrative, in my view. Um, we're a long way away from fully employing the benefits of technology. And with productivity numbers so poor right now and a really tight labor market, uh, this this is where empl- uh, employers and chief in, uh, information officers are going to be looking in corporate America. And now we see also in the varying part of the economy.
3: Actually, it's interesting. It? I mean, a, a company like Microsoft, you know, do you, is it a tech company? Or is it a value uh, company? Is it a growth company? I mean, it doesn't it fits all those boxes, does it not?
0: It does, Rashad. We, we look at um, relative dividend yield. So w- what is the stock yielding relative to its past and relative to the S&P? In that regard, it is not terribly cheap as it was when we first purchased it. But then we also look at relative price to sales ratio because sales are – in our view, the second most reliable financial metric behind the dividend.
3: Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. That's Nancy Tengler, the CEO and CIO at Lafa Tengler Investments.
1: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg.